perfect spice choices for healthy food is important to manage chronic diseases. We have focused on a specific line of spices that can really fit your diabetic lifestyle. Our spice flavors are a game changer. We have created unique blends of all-purpose seasonings that are salt-free, gluten-free, with no additives and preservatives, great for chronic conditions like high blood pressure, obesity, and heart disease. These spices contain antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal properties, and improve digestive function and metabolism. Choose Diabetic Cuisine Spices for your family to feel more safe, confident, and support healthy aging. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. Listen, I am super excited about my guest for today. She is a business consultant, a media correspondent, a public educator. She is also a behavior health case manager for a major managed care organization, the owner and founder of Sanaj Consulting Express, executive vice president of Sky Records in Atlanta, and the CEO of ID 104 Radio known as The Collective. Y'all show some love for Miss Lily Mae. How you doing, Lily? Hello. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Look, trying to fight whatever this is and no, it's not COVID. But whatever you know, this kind of stuff is. I understand that completely because if I just get a, a I, I'm, I'm quick to go take medicine because I ain't trying to. So I understand. <laughs> so do you do you do you go by Lily May or can I call you Lily? Which oh, it doesn't matter, girl. I am so not funny about my name. It's my name. It's the name, and it is what it is. So Lily, Lily May, Lil, whatever. Everybody call me everything, depending on what side of the family you're. I understand. Understand. Okay. So can you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Oh gosh. Um, so I am the baby of two um, by my mom and dad, but I, I definitely had older siblings, um, older half siblings, uh, one of which is deceased. And I do have a sister that's like 40 years older than me, which is real interesting. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, I'm an academia. I am a super duper nerd for real. People don't understand that because they only see me in this entertainment realm. However, I've always been a nerd. I've never watched cartoons. I always sat and watched CNN and Larry King Live with my mom. And I read the newspaper as a kid. And to this day, I love to learn. So um, a lot of people think that this media thing or this entertainment thing is the only thing that I do. Like you said, by day, I'm a behavioral health case manager for a major United States-based MCO. 
probably the one that all of you have. And so that's really who I am and what I do, you know, on a regular. This part of me, honestly, is my secondary. It's my outlet because I deal with behavioral health all day. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't know that you dealt with behavior at all. I thought that you only dealt in the music realm and everything because I'm always seeing you at every function, on everybody's show, interviewing people. So I didn't even know you had another side to you. So, And, and you know what? It's interesting. I, I kind of like it like that because I love when I'm at these events and people are wondering why I am the way I am and how I move. And I often will stop and say, well, I don't understand why this is like this. I'm used to organization and structure. Well, you know, the business is like this. I said, no, not the business that I'm in because I work in corporate America. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of people don't know that. But yeah, I am. Um, I'm militant, very militant and really about the business. OK, well, ain't nothing wrong with that. So you're known as the collective. I am very curious to know how you became dubbed the collective and what does it mean? So basically what happened, um, being a first generation college student. Now, me being a first generation college student is very unique. Most of my cousins, like my first cousins, are like in their 60s. So I'm the first of that generation that actually went to college. Wow. Outside of, you know, my mother's, um, my mother's twin sister's daughter. Now, my parents in our household, I was the first one to go to college. Primarily, my mom um, was born in 1938. My dad was born in 1949. So that's that's pretty self-explanatory. Right. And going through school, I had to learn a lot of stuff in college on my own because my mom and dad didn't know anything about financial aid, admissions process, degree completion plans, or anything like that. So I started to teach myself how to plan for my classes so that I could graduate on time. And realistically, when I got to Virginia State, the first time I really sat down with my academic advisor was the semester before I was supposed to graduate because I had followed my own degree completion plan and pretty much registered for my classes every semester. Well, I found that I was helping my roommates and the football team and the basketball team and helping them do some of the same things on top of writing resumes and things of that nature. Well, that translates back to having older cousins, one of which has worked in the federal government all my life. She used to teach me how to do a lot of stuff when I was a little kid. Then my brother used to sit me down with him doing his homework, and I was doing his seventh grade homework when I was in second grade. So I learned so many different things that I started a consulting firm in college, right in extra departments on the campus of Virginia State University. And so I was doing career readiness, resume prep, and even writing papers and stuff. Well, I graduated with a degree in criminal justice and biology. Then I went to grad school and I was duly enrolled in grad school and law school. So with that, I picked up the public administration. So I started writing public policy. I interned with the Department of Corrections. So I got that expertise in writing policies and reviewing contracts while taking these law school courses, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to take this experience and add it to the consulting firm. So now I'm about to start drafting these contracts. I'm about to start reviewing your contracts and helping you start negotiating and mediate things. 
long story short, um, graduating from grad school, I ended up getting into the government. So um, my first job out of grad school, I worked uh, at the school board office and I was handling community education and outreach for Medicaid, right? From that, I was given a position with the Commonwealth of Virginia where I was what's called a comprehensive services director. And with that particular position, I was tasked with creating a governmental office in my hometown of Danville, Virginia, from the ground up, and it served at-risk youth and families. So I wrote a policy manual. I managed a little bit over $5 million, and that's unheard of, number one, in Danville, Virginia, a 20-something-year-old Black female that's real Black. Like, ain't no touching. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the child of civil rights activist parents that really believe in the culture, right? So, you know, I've always broken a lot of barriers on top of being a classically trained pianist, you feel what I'm saying, which is different, right? And also really understanding medicine because my initial and that's the other part people don't know my initial journey was in nursing school my dad had alzheimer's i felt like i was gonna take care of my dad because couldn't nobody do it like me so that was my first thing so because of all of those different things i combined everything and definitely started with the business consultation services media correspondent which did not start in entertainment it started in government because when you are the director of an office you are your chief information officer when there's no one else in that office but you and a couple of other people and then public education because i was blessed to teach high school at holly springs high school um, in the areas of mathematics and social studies for um just a little over three and a half four years Taking a pause for the calls, it's your girl Butterbee Rocket Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Lucy Graves with something new. Like it's the start of something new 
overthink it Best believe it's meant to be just me and you self-made and self-taught no lily may is formally trained and professionally embodied all of these things so it's nothing that i can't verify or be able to say listen you may have taught yourself this but it's different when you're actually in there and doing it mm-hmm. yep I, I i will say you have more degrees than me i thought i had a lot i really did because i'm a I am a certified nerd too. I get it in. I'm I'm straight A and, and I'm serious about my business. But, but we're creative. Be, yes, that's what it is. But I looked at I looked at your resume or your media kit. I said, oh my goodness, how many degrees does she have? Which is a good thing. And the, the fact that you are taking all of everything that you've learned and you're putting it to use. You know what I mean? You're not just talking to talk, you're walking to walk. So I love that. So, what is the primary services for Sin Jones? So, basically, now, with on the consultant side, it's more about strategic planning with the emphasis and a strong SWOT analysis. And so, that SWOT analysis is working effortlessly to really, really hone in on what your strengths and weaknesses are. And we use your strengths to create opportunities and we understand your weaknesses to eliminate threats. Mm-hmm. Now, people are like, well, why is that important? Well, guess what? You can't take your Instagram followers to the bank to get a loan for your business. Mm-hmm. But you can take my strategic plan to the bank because we end up creating a business plan or prospectus. So that's the primary service that the consulting firm you know, provides now. When we step over into the consulting firm along with affiliates, that's when you get into the media coordination, interview prep, bio prep, basically preparing people to be presentable to the media. I tell people all the time, I act the way I act and speak the way I act because I can, because my reputation precedes me. The average Joe can't just get on the camera and, you know, and speak and say some of the things that I say because people will be like, oh, they're real ignorant and stupid. You know, a lot of times I'm forced and tasked with saying the things that I say because I know a lot of other people won't say it or they're scared to. 
So that's another thing, just kind of providing a voice for the voices. I've always advocated for the underdog, underrepresented people, and I'm going to continue to fight for underrepresented people and abused people, primarily our independent creators. Okay. So just, we were just, you just hit on something that I want to discuss a little bit. You are an advocate for change. What is your core focus and why? My core focus at this present moment is specifically social justice. And I know that's broad, so I am going to break it down a little bit. Social justice in the African-American community. And when I say social justice within our community, I'm not talking about anybody else coming into our community. I'm talking about social justice amongst ourselves because we disenfranchise ourselves more than others. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing for me is really allowing people to understand what the initial culture of we as an African-American race of people, what it really looked like. It was built upon strength, determination, and tenacity. We didn't do all these unseemly things that we're doing now. Okay. So that's what it's about. <laughs> All right. I'm not mad at that. So I'm going to bounce around a little bit. You okay. are an indie label executive. Absolutely. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So it's, it's dope. Um, Sky 4 Records is a boutique label, as I like to call it, out of Woodstock, Georgia. Now, okay. I want to say this. I want to say this. Everybody wants a record label. Yeah. Everybody feels they need a record label. Everybody. I don't know what it is. This entertainment industry is not something that I chose. It literally chose me because of the behavioral health needs. So I am the executive vice president of Sky4 Records, where we solely focus on artist development. So I hate to reference it as a record label because we're more or less a training program. Mm -hmm. We don't promise you anything other than preparation for what's next. And so um, that's just what it looks like. It looks like what I, you know, what I do. It looks like education, information, and training. That's really what it looks like. Well, you know, the training, that's something that a lot of people stopped. Back in the day, you had development. Yes, Nowadays, you don't have that. And you just think that you're just going to get a record deal just like that because you put out one song. Well, you and do. you don't have any type of training to get mm-hmm. there. People don't understand. Yeah. But think about it, brother. Think about all of the entities that we see on Instagram where if you submit your song and pay $50, you're going to get a $100,000 record deal. And the reality is that it goes back to why I'm an advocate for change in our own community. The only people that promise these things are people that look like you and I. And we're promising to our own people who don't understand that this isn't real it doesn't happen like that Mm -hmm. so when we talk about training the first step is training the mind to see without looking through your eyes to see from within your mind but then you got to step back and really help people understand that the reality that we live in in 2021 is not reality it's not And so, you know, it's hard. It's very hard for me to exist in an industry where it it, it really pushes 
and forces individuals to live in a false reality that's keeping them in a state of depression, anxiety, and they high all the time. High out their mind all the time. Because when they lay down at night, they got to accept that this is not what it really is. But this is what I'm showing the world. And so it goes back to a boutique label that trains people what's real and prepares them for what's next so they don't get caught up in what's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did you get started in the radio industry? Oh, Lord. Hi. Okay. So, in my hometown, my parents listening to AM radio, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, y'all. Lily May is not new to entertainment or radio. Lily May been in this thing probably since she was about four or five years old as a boy. <laughs> I just need the chair to understand because, you know, a lot of people just stumbled upon this stuff. I've been Lily May all my life, period. period. But my mom and dad always listen to AM radio. So 1330 WBTM is the station here in my hometown. They used to have all these little things where you could call in. Never mind. You're supposed to be grown and call in, but I was grown. So I'm calling like, oh, I can answer the question. So every morning before school, I would call and talk to Hutch or this guy named Alex. And so Alex used to do the March of Dimes. So one night I told my daddy, daddy, take me to um, GW, which is the high school. I want to go take my donation over there for the telethon. But in the back of my mind, I was trying to get in that auditorium so I could get to Alex and get on the microphone. And really, that's how it all started. Every time they had remote things going on here in the city, I was right there. Well, then we had two black stations. Child, it's so funny. Willa. W-I-L-A and the other one was W-D-V-A well my cousin he was on W-D-V-A so I started going up there and it was just like it was always something where I had an opportunity to try something fast forward getting into you know government and things like that and I started doing what we call the ghetto news here um, star news and that's when it really hit me yo I could really do this um my whole goal in life and I don't mind putting it out there you know because you can try it but if you don't have you know that oomph and that coof it won't happen it's to bring back video soul Mm. it's to bring back video soul and to also bring back a Ricky Lake with a kind of mixture of an Oprah and comedic vibe it's been a journey I was just that kid that kid that was into everything we taking another pause for the cause this your girl Butterbee Rock the Transparency Talks Podcast this is Lafa Players with La La La.
several ways you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. You host two audiovisual platforms. One which I had the pleasure of being on is You were. Yep. And all things authentic. Can you tell us about each platform and how they differ? Oh, yeah. So this consulting time is geared towards giving independent creatives and the veterans in the game an opportunity to come on, drop jewels and speak freely and consciously. It's consulting time is because we're consulting. My interviews are not going to just be, oh, well, tell me about the latest gossip. Tell me about your song. No, tell me about your creative process. Tell the people you know, what it looks like in the life of and things like that. So it's consulting time is it's entertaining, but it's more about information and transparency. Mm -hmm. Now, all things authentic gets to the nitty gritty. All things authentic is simply just like what I'm doing right now. Sitting in my mom's living room, talking to my mom and her friends and really just raw and uncut. And I tell people all the time, it's never my intent to offend anybody. Can ne- cannot how you perceive what I'm saying because once again I've been around older people all my life they have no filters I tell these children of today if you had a mama like I had well like I have y'all wouldn't get bullied because you get this type of verbal discipline mm-hmm. that gives you a confidence like no other and I guess that's why butter I don't mind being different I don't mind speaking up and saying those unfavorable things because what are you going to do to me Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's just that's just where I am with this industry with my platforms it's not about popularity everybody wants followers everybody wants a blue check I need you to get the purpose Mm -hmm. I need the people to understand where we are as a people and where we're going to be if we don't get it together. Mm-hmm. So you just said something that I was going to touch touch on. Describe purpose over popularity. Purpose over popularity is simply this. The purpose of this conversation tonight is so that people can see what it really looks like to be in business for yourself and work a full-time job and be a caregiver and have 50 million other things going on. It's for people to see that I wake up like this. What you see in pictures is not what I look like all the time. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I don't get dressed up. I'm not a girly girl. Everybody think I'm a girly girl. They see the nails and the high heels. I am such a tomboy. Everything. Motorcycles. 
I was in gymnastics, but I played softball and stuff like that. Like, I've never been a, <laughs> that's not me. I like the grit. You know, I, I don't I don't mind those physical things that generally separate the bales from the bows and those type of things. Um, so purpose is really doing it for the people who need it and not the people that you want to like you and receive you. Because a lot of people don't like me, but they respect me and they watch me and they talk about me to other people who then respect me to the point where they let me know. So that's what purpose over popularity is all about. Because if you really walk in your purpose, you're going to be popular. That's true. Very true. So you just talked about a lot of things. You are juggling a lot of hats. How are you able to manage all of this? Hmm. My life, you know, it was a blessing and a curse. I think my dad going into Alzheimer's when I was entering high school, and this will sound crazy, was probably the best thing for me. Because what happened was I had to grow up faster, but not in a bad way. Not like I got to go because my mama ain't at home. Right. She never said you need to grow up. I said, I'm like, all right, my daddy tripping. He don't know whether he going or he coming. My mom got me. My brother was 19 at the time. And if you've never, and I tell people this all the time, I don't care if you're a nurse or what you are. If you've never lived in a home with a parent with Alzheimer's as a child, don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, but because of that, I had to learn how to sometimes get woken out of my sleep at two or three o'clock in the morning to him want to have a conversation because he think it's daytime to having to get myself up for school because mommy might have to take him to the doctor or he didn't decide that he want to get up and walk down the street and sit on the guardrail and she got to go find where yet. Just all kinds of crazy stuff. But it used to be so much stuff going on and I still had to focus get schoolwork done, still do the stuff that I was doing because I was playing the piano, you know, at my church and another church and doing all these other things. And it just kind of worked. So honestly, if I'm sitting still for too long, I'm tripping. And I know that realistically in the field that I'm in, it's ADHD. But see, we all us kids had ADHD. But you know what it was? Them belts and them paddles and them shoes and them switches. They that was our Adderall. See, we ain't need no medicine. Yeah. They were like, you gonna you gonna jump around, but you gonna put that energy and do something constructive. So realistically, um, that's really what it is. I kind of learned to juggle many different things. Do I get overwhelmed? Hell yeah, I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I be ready to take something and just throw it out the window. I'm like, listen, either I'm going out this window or something else going out the window. That's how it's going to work. But um, at the end of the day, I think about like now I have nieces and nephews, right? Mm-hmm. And I know what they're up against. So I need them to see something different. I need them to know that they don't have to be what they see on the regular. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And so it's one of those situations where I had the best upbringing ever. Like, I'm like, how many black kids in the 80s and 90s had a boat? Like, my dad literally bought a boat and painted my mom's name on the side of it. And you know my mama 
mama never even got over in the boat. I'm like, you mean? Like, this man that bought a boat and named it after you. You know black men, you, you know black folk don't do stuff like that. So it's just like, it wasn't the object of the boat that meant so much. It was the fact that he named this thing after my mother. You get what I'm saying? And then for my mother to take care of this man who legit, she had to change diapers and do all of that stuff while raising kids. Like, those are the things that make me do stuff for purpose. So see, these red carpets, you got people out here paying to get on red carpets. Those red carpets don't mean nothing to me because I was Lily Mae before anything else. And, and I think the biggest point here is that when you grew up knowing who you were and when you grew up knowing who you came from and understanding that, none of this stuff matters to me. So I can always do what I need to do in the name of Lily Mae and be good because Lily Mae is going to stand when nothing else is there. Taking another pause for the calls. It's your girl, Butter B. Rock, the Transparency Talks podcast. We're going to slow it down a little bit. This is one of my singles entitled Play by the Rules. Make sure you guys check out my music. It's available on Spotify, on YouTube, and all other digital platforms.
Subscribe today at YourBestLifestyles.com, a prescription for better health through an active lifestyle. This podcast highlights lifestyle-related diseases and chronic conditions that can stop or slow activities of daily living. Everything from human movement and performance, nutrient, joint pain, back pain, pre- and post-rehabilitation strategies, posture, flexibility, and more. Whether you're a competitive athlete or not, handicapped or disabled, we will highlight the benefits of great health and wellness with some of the top medical doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, dietitians, nutritionists, and other expert clinical professionals in their field to promote and advocate that everyone have a better quality of life. Subscribe today at YourBestLifestyles.com. Once again, that's YourBestLifestyles.com. So do you feel that the world has gotten away from traditional upbringing? I do. I do. I I talk about it all the time. I'm not knocking how people raise their kids. I don't have kids, but I will say this. While I was teaching high school, I often told parents of my students, listen, your kids near me in my class or around me six or seven hours out of a day, that's probably more than you see them at home. Mm -hmm. If you got to call me, to ask me to get them straight even on the weekends some ain't right because all my mother had to do was look at me like the teacher said you did such and such and I know you did it because I know my child but see now we live in a generation of don't talk to my child like that don't tell my child to do nothing I wish I would have talked back to somebody in the neighborhood in the school or anywhere man Yo, my mother came and beat my tail in front of my seventh grade class. And I was the size I am now in seventh grade, if not bigger. And my mama beat me in front of my class. And the teacher was like, well, Miss Jones, you can't do that. She said, as long as I got breath in my body and she's mine, I'm going to correct her. So I'm not saying that every kid going to respond to that. But... We have too many people living these social media lives. And so social media raising the kids. But the other part of it is the parents. The parents are still kids. They're still kids. Period. So hands down, bring me the tradition. Because I'm ready for it. I am the tradition. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the tradition. Because I was hell as a kid. Now, let's just be real. I was rebellious. I defied every rule that I could. But I knew how far to take it because I was reared to do the right thing. I chose to do other things. But I always came back. Okay. Well, we're going to switch it up a little bit. All right. How did the pandemic positively impact your professional and personal life? It was spectacular because um, basically it just put everybody on a level playing field. Um, It allowed me to be able to access some people that I probably wouldn't have been able to access without everybody being at home and looking for something to do. And it also gave me an opportunity to be in the house more to develop um, more projects and opportunities for myself and other people. And because of that, it's just like it went from zero to 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think that's how I met you. I, it is how you met me. <laughs> I, I know that, of course, COVID. You know, we lost a lot of lives and everything, mm-hmm. but it did to me. It did give everybody a clean slate and put everybody on a, a even playing field. It, it really did. did, and and it made people. It made you. It forced you to figure out who you really were, because you didn't have all of this accessibility, you know, and you really had to show, you had to get it. So, I'm gonna let you creative, know, I'm it was a great thing, you know. Let you drop the mic on that because you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. Yeah, for creatives, we were able to really shine, and I mean, them, them juices got the flowing, and we, when you just sitting there, because you know we're used to doing stuff, so when you have time. And all you have to do is think you're going to come up with so many creative ideas and things. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on COVID-19 and incarceration? Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, you know, criminal justice, that is definitely one of my core focuses. Right. Um, With COVID-19, I definitely feel like we should have had a lot more releases of nonviolent offenders. Um, I also feel that they should have been afforded an opportunity to have mass vaccination just like everybody else. There are certain liberties that I still feel like our prisoners should have because they are still human beings. They are not animals. And no matter what the constitution says about you being a slave just because you're imprisoned, I will never agree with that because you can't have a constitution that's founded under the premises and and speaking about God and then you treating people like barbarians. I, I can't, I can't accept that. But I definitely feel like we have to figure out where we go with our prison system you know um i sincerely feel that we need more compounds for our prisons we have too many african-american um millionaires billionaires that i feel like we're focusing yes we need housing I'm, i'm not knocking that we need housing but i also feel like we need more rehabilitation for our inmates we need more rehabilitation take it from somebody that has been on the inside a lot of those individuals on the inside committed a crime at a point in time when they knew nothing else to do they are not the same person that they were when they committed the crime and people don't understand that with the right attorney you can just about get off on any crime with not guilty by reason of insanity if that attorney can prove that you were insane criminally insane at the time that you committed the offense and so with COVID it really made me want to fight more to figure out what can we do how can we get away from punitive policy and get back to rehabilitation because the courts speak rehabilitation but that's not what's really going on we taking another pause for the cause this is Robert Curry from day 26 this is end of this song. Ooh, your body is speaking a language I never heard before. 
But I think he's saying, come here and get me now. And I want to give your body what it's been begging for. Right here on the dance floor, yeah. Girl, I see you sweating because you're working. They must got the heat up on the hundred. It's all right. The Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, a magazine for teens by teens, which discusses the latest fashion, entertainment, trends, financial literacy, bullying, school, sex trafficking, the health and wellness of teens and young adults, and so much more. Join Teen Brothers founders Christian and DeCorey Robinson and so many other young adults that are defying the odds by subscribing to the online and paperback magazine and listen to Defiant One's Teen Podcast on all podcast platforms today. For more information, go to www.defiantonesmag.com. Once again, that's defiantonesmag.com. People need to love who they really are and not who they've created themselves to be for social media. Because a lot of people don't even know who they are anymore because their social media personality is who they really have gotten up here that they are. Mm -hmm. And in the field, 
We call that DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. And you can bet your bottom dollar that in a couple of years, there's going to be a DSM-6 that's made. And it's going to include some diagnoses and disorders with social media personalities. I'm, I'm looking forward to happen because every day I'm getting cases of kids who are delusional regarding real life and social media life. Well, social media definitely isn't going to be going anywhere anytime soon. It's not. So I, I do think that the kids today, you can easily get stuck into thinking that what you see online is reality all the time. And it's not. Everyone is going to, of course, put their best foot forward when they're placing, putting something on social media. But that's not a reality that everyone is doing every single day. And it's very easy to get caught up in that and go through depression and go through all of these different stages because you're trying to compare yourself to someone else and what they're doing and, and you know, what they're wearing and stuff like that. That's it. Wow. <laughs> okay. So what is next? For, wait a minute. Before I say what's next for you, uh-huh. you are the CEO of ID 104 Radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So it's, it's simple. Yeah, that's that's real simple. Um, the radio came out of the record label. Our whole thing was, all right, everybody charging these independent artists to spend their music. Why not have a radio station that's connected to the label? Mm-hmm. We can support independent creators just by spending their music 24-7 and for nothing, for nothing. Because let's be real, in that radio stations cost X amount of dollars a month. Mm-hmm. If I can't give you that, what the heck am I in the business for? Really? Like, come on now. So that's really what it's all about. It was about giving people a platform that probably never had a platform before or people that couldn't afford to pay somebody the money that they want for them to be on their platform. So that's really what it was about. Just giving back. Okay. Okay. So business consultant, media correspondent, public educator, and so many other plethoras. What is next for you? Um, girl... I don't rest. Girl, I'm trying to retire already. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question because I I really don't know. I I really just want to perfect the things that I'm doing now and just continue to have fun doing it. Because to be honest with you, I'm not leaving my career. I worked too damn hard to get to where I am with this MCO. And, and, And like, everybody isn't meant to be an entrepreneur. And I think... I have to say that. Stop trying to force people to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Everybody not cut out for it. Let people have a job. We yeah. need carpenters, plumbers, you know, brick masons. We need all that stuff. Auto mechanics, auto body. Because the UP, USPS truck hit me the other day, so I need an auto body mechanic. Yeah. So we need all that stuff. So yeah, I really butter, honestly really just to, like I said, perfect what I'm doing, keep doing what I'm doing, and have fun while I'm doing it. Because one thing about it, when you know that you got your bread and butter, you don't mind doing stuff and giving back to people. Because mm-hmm. you chase what you don't already have. And I'm comfortable. You said that. You said that. <laughs> so can you tell everybody how they can reach you? Absolutely. I'm Lily May everywhere. Lily May the Collective. Um, 
on Instagram. You can find it, um, find me on the Sinatra Consultant Express or Lily Made the Collective. I'm playing with that one, just trying to build it in 2022 to see how um, organically I can build that page myself. Um, but yeah, email me wherever you go. You're always going to be able to find the email. Um, I respond. Follow me. I follow back. DM me. I respond. I'm not one of those people that's going to leave you on read. I'm going to respond to you. If you need resources or anything, let me know. If I don't have it and can't do it, you daggone right. I got somebody that can. I don't mind referring out because if we don't refer out, our fellow entrepreneurs aren't going to get any business. So let's help each other. Absolutely. Well, I would like to thank you so much for being a part of Transparency Talks podcast. I learned so much about you. Thank you. And with that, everybody, we are out of here. So we're going to talk to you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Butter B. Rocker. Follow me on all social media platforms at Butter B. Rocker or at Transparency Talks Podcast. I'm going to leave you guys with Forces Unknown. Little bit of heaven is what you always show me. No matter all the times you got an angry and disowned me. Made a vow that you protect me in order to perfect me. When I was misdirected, you had the courage to correct me. If I ever felt fallen or was slipping away, your voice was that like the God in me to finish my day. Helping to find me strength out of the music I make. Teaching to give meaning to everything I'd ever create. Well, this world's gonna let me down. And the dark will bring me down. And the storm will push me down. A little bit of heaven is what you often gave me. Your looks were captivating, your love more than a lady. Disagreements were odd, but your lesson was hard. A woman is the closest thing you'll ever have to God. Throughout your regrets, I had constant respect. Neglect your perfect, but your love resurrect. It's a place I can go when I'm constantly pissed. Of this life, but it's glamour, this lust, and this bliss. Never once felt like this to your thunderous kiss. And your life needs a love, give me strength from within. It's got me loving again, it's got me hugging again. This say it's unconditional, but it conditioned my sins. A little bit of heaven is all I ever needed, is all I ever wanted. My mind wouldn't believe it. A little bit of heaven is what has got me through. Help me to understand myself so I can understand you. A little bit bit of heaven is all I need in life is me the courage to fight stand alive and survive it's helped me learn to respect it's helped me learn to correct it's taught me one valuable lesson that love resurrects well this world's gonna let me down and the dark will bring me down and the storm will push me down but the strength will pull me out and your love will give me life and the wisdom to survive is the key to stay alive a little bit of heaven by my side